Being an introvert is hard. It's like, okay, can we find more natural ways to get to know each other? Like, we basically entered a society that's centered around personality over character. There have been so many people I've met, and I'm just like, why are you coming at me with this energy? You know why? Capitalism, my friend. It all comes back to it. Like, I literally go so out of my way to be alone. I do appreciate extroverts at times when they wield their power for good. Like, I, I really do enjoy a turn up. I don't like myself. <laughs> I'm overstimulated. I can't think. Welcome to All the Calamity, a podcast where we discuss all the calamity in the world and how we're surviving the chaos. I am your co-host, Kirsten, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Zoe and Karis. And today we're going to be switching up a bit. The title of today's episode is It's an Extrovert's World. We're just living in it. And you guys know the general phrase would be, it's a man's world, basically. We're just living in it. But I know we've been talking about a lot of male-female dynamics in the past couple of episodes. Um, but like I said, we're going to switch it up. So we're talking about extroverts and introverts, everything in between. Anyone want to kick us off? Well, before Zoe starts her monologue, um, <laughs> being <laughs> funny, just so I don't know if we talked about this on the first episode when we introduced ourselves, um, we here are all introverts at this table. So we have a lot of shared experience between uh, the three of us with living as introverts in this world. I would just like to say off the top, being an introvert is hard in society. It's really, really difficult. Like the fact that we're introverted and have to live in an extroverted world is literally tiring in and of itself. And then navigating uh, relationships, uh, friendships, work environment, just general life, when you get to go out and enjoy yourself, all these things are literally draining to us because we never get a break with the way the world is built. And like I just think about not just being introverted also if like you're neurodivergent in any sense like certain things it just it literally tires me like working I work at a music store and so not only do I have to interact with customers which drains me then there's loud music playing there's lights going on there's all these sort of things that in the sense of my the way my senses work literally drain me of energy and by the time you get home it's like you have nothing left like literally and all you can do is go lay down somewhere just so you can recharge to do it again the next day. And so I feel like as introverts, that leaves like no space for like actually being around people you want to be around. Um, it leaves no space for like um, enjoying just conversation with people because you just don't have the energy to do it. And I'm just tired of that kind of being the way it's set up and like, oh, this is just your life and you're supposed to live this way. Yeah. And I would define, first of all, I'm absolutely an introvert, but the way I define introversion is that if you're an introvert, I feel that you get your energy from being alone or you refuel that way. And if you're an extrovert, you get your energy and refuel by being around people's energy, like being around a lot of people all the time. Um, and yeah, like Kara said, being an introvert can be very hard because I do feel like this is a world that caters to extroverts, whether that's like just the rhetoric around like networking and like just the way that you're supposed to interact with friends or interact with coworkers. Like it's just even like I know so many people hate this, but especially as introverts, like being in spaces where you have to do those like really annoying icebreakers 
an oh, introduction. Girl. Every year of college. It's so like, I we're seniors. It. Please oh, stop. Even like new jobs. Yes. It's it's like, outdated. It's like, okay, oh, can we find other ways? more natural ways to get to know each other. Like, I know it can be fun sometimes, but to me, it's never fun when you already don't know people. Like, to me, those types of things, oddly enough, are only fun when you know people. Like, I think more of a twist on it would be like, you know, games like Never Have I Ever or um, not Never Have I Ever, but um, I don't want to play that. Not that game. What's Three Truths and a Lie. Yeah, Three Truths and a Lie. Stuff like that. That's anxiety-inducing. Oh, I'm saying the opposite. I feel like for people, people if you already know and are comfortable with them. Oh, people I know? Never mind. I thought you meant like as an icebreaker. No, no, I'm saying that's that's a twist on icebreakers that don't, like you don't have to be strangers with them already to like do stuff like that. You're just more so getting to know them on maybe a deeper level. But I would say, and I think we are all introverts in different ways slightly sure. I feel as if I Kirsten here it I might be the most introverted but not necessarily mm, you're just yeah. in different areas in different areas yeah you're the most I don't want to say antisocial because that's not truly what it is I was actually gonna say you're the know. you're the least social seeking I don't know how to put it yeah because it's like. not as if I don't ever enjoy if I want to be social and if I want to do social things I can really enjoy it so there are moments where I really do enjoy it I also it. think you're super selective with who yes. you want to be social with. yes I think that might be it I'm still very selective with my energy <laughs> and that is because I'm losing energy anytime I'm in a social setting so for me it's like for me to want to do something social like I have to really like the people are like the activity even if I know like off not off camera but like off the mics we were kind of just talking about something surrounding this but it it had me thinking and like people don't realize for introverts certain certain just normal day-to-day things can be very difficult and one of them is if you are at a job taking lunch breaks here's i'm going to explain this but a lot of times like lunch breaks can be done in very like public places yeah and as an introvert if you're already throughout the workday like especially if you're at a customer facing job or just a job where you have to interact whether with your coworkers or customers or clients or whatever um you're so much in a so much of your energy is already being taken and then to have a lunch like to me that's my own like I need time to like refuel recharge recharge. like it's so like it's a desperate need for me and I've always hated taking public lunches because it's like oh so now I'm just going to be around people so to me it's like an invitation for people to come and talk to you and I'm like I don't want anyone to talk to me leave me alone literally someone at work I used to hide from I didn't even dislike this person but I knew if they found me on my lunch they would talk my head off and I would not get a moment to myself I would literally think of where is a place in this building that they will definitely not be and I'm gonna go there like no public lunches gives me so much anxiety it's actually twofold it's one as an introvert and two as a woman it's it's a lot going on there like my thing There's is, I can't, I don't, I can never figure out if it's due to being introverted, having social anxiety, or being a woman, it's or like, like, a, yeah, it's like, like it's so many things. Because like I too, like I literally, when I was in college, I could not eat in the um, what is it, the, the actual dining room. hall. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, not, like we're not work. <laughs> you know, like the actual dining hall. I could not eat in there. I would. I would have so much anxiety, it would curb my appetite, and I wouldn't be able to actually eat my food, and then I would just be hungry. So, like, most of my time, I would get food, and I would go eat in the library, but in one of the corner, like, there was, like, tables that were kind of, like, blocked off where you'd have your computer. I would go eat there almost every single day, 
Um, either that, or I, would, I would drive to Whole Foods store and I would eat in their parking garage. And like that was all the time. Like I could not eat in public. It's so I can do it if I have to, but like I really don't want to. It like I won't be able to eat the same amount. I don't know if this is a trait of introverts again, or being a woman, or being someone with social anxiety. I am so hyper aware of my surroundings all the time. Mm-hmm. So I can't feel any peace if I'm surrounded yeah. by people because all I'm going to be able to do is pay attention to what's going on around me constantly. And it's just like, that's just, it's too much and you can't enjoy your time at all. Yeah. I don't want to go off on a tangent about like eating and taking a lunch break, but um, kind of like Kara said, like literally I go so out of my way and I hate it because it takes time. Like if you're on a, on the clock, not like if you're in school, but if you're on the clock and you have a certain time for your lunch break it takes so much time to like maneuver your way into a space that's like you feel in essence safe Um, but anyone who knows me like I I'm a pretty clean person and I hate the fact that a lot of the places I've worked I felt like I have to take a lunch in my car because I feel like a lot of times it's the only place that I can get like I'm blocked off like no one can get to me um, I can like I don't have to put my window down. I can lock my doors like you literally even if you tried, I can stop you from talking to me. But then I take that a step further usually. And I'll usually like Kara said, like drive off to a place outside of that job. So like your coworkers cannot pass you. Like I literally go so out of my way to be alone. And that brings me to basically my point. It's like sometimes y'all leave introverts alone. They deserve to be left alone sometimes. Like I know a lot of extroverts feel as if because sometimes they need people they like insert themselves into everyone else's spaces a lot and i know like a lot of people may not mind that but for introverts like that's very taxing on them and i don't think a lot of extroverts put them put themselves in an introvert's shoes and it's honestly it's giving just very inconsiderate to me yeah at the least i mean i think also because we're not really educated like to this day so many people don't really understand terms like introversion or social anxiety or like they don't actually know what those things mean. Like I remember when the whole Summer Walker thing happened and she would say like, oh, she was nervous to do concerts and people were like, oh, you're nervous to do concerts? How come you? I see this picture of you with Drake? Like you you weren't nervous to talk to Drake. What? And you're just like, <laughs> okay, that, this is giving me ignorance. What, is, what does that have to do with anything? Um, like, so I feel like a lot of people don't really understand these terms and what they mean. But I do want to touch on something that Kara said because she mentioned being at work and there being a lot of mute, loud music and lights and all of this stuff. So a lot of people don't realize like there is something called HSP, which is like being a highly sensitive person. And this literally means when like <laughs> all I the labels we go with, no, no, like, you could have just said highly you know, sensitive person. I was about to be like, oh, I've never heard of this. Right. And then it was exactly highly what I would have thought person. it was, a highly <laughs> sensitive person. No, HSP for sure. But the term is important because it actually refers to like neurologically how someone how sensitive someone is to stimuli so like for instance if you looked at their brain activity when certain things are presented like some people like say you play loud music you won't see their like literal like brain waves and everything react in the same way as someone else so some people are actually under sensitive where for instance they feel like they need loud music to feel something or it's like oh like i'm not really stimulated by other things so this is actually like i need this where some people are overstimulated by it so a lot of introverts are also HSP, but HSP is not like exclusive to introverts. So you can be an extroverted extroverted person and say like, you enjoy spending time with lots of people, but you don't actually like clubs, like because it's too much overstimulation. So 
But introverts tend to also be HSP. And so I think we're kind of, in this conversation, I think we're kind of talking about both at the same time because I think all of us are HSP to some degree and introverts. Yeah, yeah. I, and woman and right, black yeah. and have social anxiety <laughs> god um, give me a break um real though, i think also there's the language behind being an introvert and how people um almost confront you really about it is so negative for example as someone who could i don't think you have to be introverted to be a quiet person um but i happen to be a very naturally quiet person and the amount of times that if i enter any space that's new whether a new job uh, like when i was in school like a different class group just any time where i'm with a group of, of people who haven't been around me before the first thing i always get is like wow like why are you so quiet are you always this quiet it's it's almost like coming at it as if there is something wrong with you yeah. for not interacting and being as whether as loud or as um, involved as Outgoing. everyone else in the group is. And we need to stop making it as if it's a bad thing. Like you don't I don't understand what gives extroverts the right to once again, like not only insert themselves into other people's business, but also to <laughs> come at it as if they are the normal ones. The gold standard. <laughs> right. Yeah. The standard. Um, you know what? You know why? Capitalism, my friend. Ooh, it all yeah. comes back to it. You guys, I highly suggest anyone listening, read the book Quiet by Susan McCain. She really breaks this down and like how our education system emphasizes this. But basically, like after like industrialization, all that stuff, like we basically entered a society that's centered around personality over character. And that's when you see the degradation of the introvert because we entered the era of the salesman and you have to mm -hmm. have personality. We entered the era of people live in cities and they don't know their neighbors. So I can only judge you based on your personality and not your character because I don't actually know you. And so because of that, it's like, if I present myself in all these ways, I'm friendly, I'm outgoing people, you should trust me. You know, I'm buy a salesman, this buy this product. Yes, that's better. And so our world became centered around socializing and educating people to be that way to promote like our sales culture and our consumer culture and like all this different stuff. And that's why it suddenly became bad to be an introvert. So all comes back to the money. Yeah. Follow the money trail. I really think that <laughs> instead then of people constantly asking others, like, why are you so quiet? We should be asking or why, why aren't so people asking, why are you so loud yeah really. i i know i've wanted to ask many people that being in high school in college in life there have been so many people i've met and i'm just like why are you coming at me with this energy like you literally they come talk to you and you're like <laughs> step back you're like okay why are you so loud why like you're doing a lot right now and here's the other thing i don't want to shame extroverts like there's nothing yeah. wrong with being extroverted. no there just needs to be a balance yeah there need y'all need like because i I do appreciate extroverts at oh, yeah, times for sure. when they wield their power for Some good. Some of my best oh, friends are uh, extroverts. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I do think there's some, there's a place for extroverts kind of pulling introverts outside of just their safe space in a sense. Their comfort zone. Yeah, their comfort zone in a sense. Sometimes, not all the time. But the true is, the reverse is yeah, true Yeah, the as reverse well. is yeah. true too. Like sometimes extroverts, y'all just need to calm down. Like y'all need to recognize. I also think being introverted, we are 
and I'm saying this as a general thing because clearly this isn't true for everybody, but I feel like as introverts, we are also more aware of other people's energy and what their comfort is to a degree. Are we pay attention to what makes them feel right? Like sometimes I'm like looking at people and I'm like, you don't see my eyes glazing over. (laughs) Like get a clue for real. (laughs) Um, just the lack of, um, a sensitivity yeah. to other people is just it's so sad but to i don't see. even know if that's you know what i get that sense from fake extroverts because people are so socialized to be extroverted i think there are so many people playing a part mm, and they don't even role. realize they're playing a part and so they have these very annoying qualities that are just like oh that's just uh, it's grating but i've met people who are just so genuine who are genuinely extroverted and i think they actually can be sensitive to other people and they kind of have this quality where they can kind of bring people in and they can make a more inclusive environment because they're not afraid to say hold on Rebecca I'm interested in hearing what Zoe has to say like those everyone knows that extrovert and we appreciate you (laughs) you know what it is it's also extroverts who lack an element of judging you for being an an introvert and I think that's in a way what you're describing as well it's like they're willing to bring you in and like they kind of, I won't say come down to your level. because They don't want like, you to change. Right. Because it's not like you're below them or anything. They appreciate you for who you are, but they do want to hear your opinion or they do want to get to know you still. Like, it's not as if it's like, okay, why aren't you matching my energy? It's so funny. I think in high school, I remember there, there was this one girl and I think there was, it might've been two of my friends or it was a girl. And then there was a guy who told me this on separate occasions, but it's like, they always felt as if they could not be, um, not be themselves around me, but they couldn't go up to their full energy. Uh, they felt like anytime they had to be around me, they were like, do you realize you you like make me feel like I have to like bring it down? It, you know what it is? You know when someone's whispering? Yes. And then the other person who wouldn't have normally been whispering, they feel like because the other person's whispering, now they, they have, have to whisper. whisper. Yeah. I think that was the phenomenon they were they were kind of describing. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing because I think well, there's two two points here. There's that person, like if you have a person who's whispering and then another person, I think this is kind of the the bad version of an extrovert we're referring to who still doesn't whisper and they like start talking loud and it's like, sir, do you not realize I'm whispering? Maybe I'm whispering for a reason. Read like, the room. Read the room. So there's that dynamic. And then there's the dynamic of also like, not only am I not going to whisper, but you shouldn't be whispering either. Like, I think there's there's just a lot in terms of like, how we're made to feel as introverts. But I do think that it's like, I think from, I won't say a young age, because I think I've grown to kind of embrace my quietness more. But I think even at that point in high school, them saying that, whether it was good or bad, made me realize that it's like, maybe with my quietness, I also am bringing a certain confidence into the room that it would even make someone feel like they kind of have to like, wait, maybe look at themselves and be like, maybe I should like bring it down a little bit. So over the years, I think, and probably since those moments, I've learned and been on a journey to like fully embrace like my quietness. And even though that doesn't mean I'm always quiet, it's to unlearn that it's a bad thing. Right. Gilmore Girls, and Karis knows the episode I'm talking about, has a wonderful episode about this specifically. And it was the first time I saw like a TV show or anything really that like almost celebrated this like neurodivergence. But there's a, if for those of you who aren't familiar, there's a character in the show named Rory and the show kind of revolves around her and her mother. 
Um, but Rory is an introvert and she starts going to like this, uh, this private school that is trying to prepare you for these elite colleges and everything. So it's like you want to be like well-rounded and have all of these like extracurriculars and stuff like that. And at lunch, she would go and sit by herself in a corner at a table and read a book. And her guidance counselor, or I don't know, actually, I think it might have been like the principal. principal kind of the same thing. Basically was like, you need to start being more social. Like, this is a problem. Like, you need We're to concerned. get more involved. We're concerned about you, blah, blah, blah. So she ends up introducing herself to this table of girls, kind of hanging out with them. Long story short, they end up not being like the best group of friends. And in order to like kind of hang out with them, she ends up like doing something at the school that uh, I don't know what you would call school, it. It was against say, school policy. Illegal, she ends up getting illegal, in trouble basically, and the principal is so uh, threatening to sus- like, like oh and threatened to suspend her. And she was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. The literal only reason I'm in this situation is because I tried to put myself out there. I tried to befriend this group of girls that you encouraged me to. And now that I'm in a situation that I didn't even want to be in, I didn't even want to be here doing this thing that's about to get me suspended. Like you're punishing me for that. She was like, I would have been fine just reading my book alone at lunch. She was like, I enjoy reading. I don't dislike people. I enjoy people. I have plenty of friends. You just don't know them. I just don't talk to them at lunch. I like taking my lunch period to read and relax. And you acted like there was something wrong with that. And there was something wrong with me. Like that was the first time on television that I ever saw someone like address this issue in society where people who are introverted are literally made out to be like these antisocial, like something's wrong with you. You're not you know, and it really showed like, no, like Rory was perfectly fine, like taking that time to herself and it didn't make her, you know, a weirdo or antisocial. It just made her an introvert. And I think that segues perfectly into the next part that I wanted to talk about. It's being a social introvert, which people act like is not possible. Like you can't be introverted and be social. And it's like, I clearly, I disagree with that. And it's, there are social introverts. I I don't want to say I'm fully one or I think I'm leaning more towards being someone who's a social introvert. I feel like maybe out of all of us, Zoe might be the most social introvert here. Yeah, for sure. But I really, really enjoy being around people and I really, really like being around people. I think the difference is I don't like necessarily groups of people. I can't socialize in the way that I like to around maybe lots of people, at least lots of people I don't know. Um, If it's a group of people that I do know, I, I really enjoy that. But I think when you're introverted, you can really, really like being around people. Like, I would love to go out and be with people. I'm just not going to do it a lot. Like, I'm not going to do it every day. Like, I'm going to get tired if I do that. I won't be able to actually give the energy that it deserves to enjoy it. So I think you need to get rid of that idea that introverts aren't social or introverts can't be social. Like, introverts can go to parties. Like, the other thing is, like you were saying, people who have high, was it high sensitivity? High sensitivity. Highly sensitive people are highly have high sensitivity uh either one i guess there definitely must be introverts who don't have that yeah so it's like you could be introverted and like going to the club or something but it's just once like you just go once and you're like i've got my fill it's gonna be a couple months before i go again like i was gonna speak on that too because i do think it's uh, oddly it's like off brand for me but when we were talking about like maybe who's the most introverted and I said that I think I am, but then also that I'm not because me and Zoe, like 
in different ways we're like introverts. So for instance, I'll give, I keep giving examples, but this is we another like examples. examples. Zoe, if me and Zoe were taking like an Uber together, <laughs> I talk about this all the time, but like I am not the type of person who wants to talk to my Uber. I, it annoys me to the upteenth degree, like when they, I get in the car and they want to talk. Zoe, on the other hand, seems to enjoy it sometimes. And <laughs> I'm literally in the backseat, like, please stop asking another question so the conversation can just end. <laughs> like, I don't want to, I don't want to be involved. Like something about that, situations like that irk me. Like I don't, I'm like, okay, this is where I just want to be alone. I don't want to engage. But I think to a degree, like, I don't know, I'm actually really down for a turn up. Like mm-hmm. I think to a degree, I enjoy settings like that much more than Zoe does. But like Zoe said earlier, I think it's also that I'm very selective Um, I don't necessarily just want to be out doing anything. I want to be out with whoever. But if you put me in a certain group of people that I'm comfortable with, I mean, I have my issues with club culture, but I'm actually a type of person who would enjoy going to clubs with people if I feel safe. Mm -hmm. Like I, I really do enjoy a turn up. Um, I said, I feel so like dorky saying like, I do enjoy a turn up. I enjoy um, the turn up. I've, <laughs> I've turned up a couple times in my um, life. <laughs> but no, seriously though, I do actually enjoy that. And a lot of people may not like, for instance, I would say in certain areas, I'm a highly sensitive person, but I would say there's probably highly sensitive people who couldn't enjoy like the loud music and blinking lights and stuff. But I, I can enjoy that. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know, given the the right atmosphere like I can actually enjoy those type of like environments it just it kind of all depends so in that way it's like I don't necessarily fit the general mold of an introvert but catch me on the wrong day and it's like or not even the wrong day but just there are times where it's like I really don't want to be bothered and certain things would not be appealing but I guess I'm maybe just more in tune with where I am so it's like I get to choose when I want to be social because I may be fully charged and that's what hap- I, I have the energy to give when yeah. I'm fully charged. So it's like, yeah, let's go. Let's hang out. Let's have a great time. But if I'm already on E, I'm, I'm not going to want to yeah. do that. I, oh wait, you were, you going to go ahead? Yeah, but you can go. Okay. Uh, I was just going to say on that, cause as she was talking, it was reminding me something that I feel like makes, does bring out my, or something I enjoy as an introvert and being social because I'm a musician and I love music, I actually really, really enjoy concerts. But it has to be, because I'm also someone who pays attention to their surroundings a lot, I have to feel safe at the concert. Mm. Um, I think this is a theme, guys. Yeah. (laughs) This Um, is, again, coming back to being a woman. Yeah, exactly. So I can, like, completely let myself go and really enjoy it if I feel safe. And so I'll talk about two, like, concerts. So I went to a Paramore concert, and just generally, first of all, Haley Williams, love her. Um, yes. she talked about Thanks. multiple times while on stage to make sure everyone was safe. Um, like talking to the crowd saying, pay attention to your surroundings, like make sure those who are around you are comfortable, like don't do things that will make like, so that in itself oh, made me safe. Her. And then generally I feel like cause of the crowd that Paramore brought, I also felt safe. It was a very like good mixture of people. Like I talk about, there's like an older black couple that came to the concert. There was like families there. There was young children, teenagers, of black people. Like it, the the fan base of Paramore made me feel safe. So I completely enjoyed that night. I felt very social. I felt like I was just on like a high from it. The music. 
at the end of the concert, they like blared I Want to Dance with Somebody by Whitney Houston. And everybody was just leaving the concert singing and dancing. Like I felt so energized in that moment. The next day I was tired. Like, <laughs> like I didn't want to go like socialize anymore, but like that was so much fun to me. And then another thing, cause I went to school for music industry studies. We would have an end of a year showcase at a, at a, at a venue near the school and um the first one that well I went I ended up going to two um the second one that I went to and attended I remember I was having the time of my life like people um a friend of mine was also there and he was laughing so much because I was like dancing and stuff and it's not like everybody was dancing like I was probably one of the few people dancing and I had like my inhibition around. I didn't care. Like I was just enjoying the moment because like teachers are there. Your classmates are there. Like I didn't feel unsafe or anything. Yeah. I was like, this is just literally the people I'm around all the time at my school. I just felt like I enjoyed it so much. And like, I feel like in spaces like that as an introvert, I can feel free to just enjoy it and be happy and socialize and be like, this is great. And now let me go burrow away for like a week afterwards. Like I do love getting to be around people enjoying that. Cause I do think there's something special about being with people and uh, socializing and things like that. It's just like as introverts, then we have to recover afterwards. Like we spent all of our energy. And I, here's the other thing I think as introverts, actually we can enjoy or be more social depending on like who you are. I feel like the type of introvert I am, it's like I burrow like in a winter, in a winter yeah. <laughs> for a long time. And then when I do get the chance to come up, I actually can be very social and very yeah. outgoing and have a lot of energy. And then I just go burrow away for a long time again. So I feel like as introverts, we actually can be very energetic and social in certain times. I feel like I'm kind of the same way. And I think we're that confusing friend that people think is like really outgoing and a people person. And then it's like, you can come across as like rude or standoff or sometimes when people perceive you that way. And then when you do have your moments of like, I need to rest, people are like, oh, what's wrong? It's like, no, nothing's wrong. Like, I'm not upset with you. There's not, I just need a, a break. Like, I remember there was this girl this, when I was studying abroad in Japan and we hung out a lot. We just like had a lot. Or I would say we had like the most in common of all the participants in the study abroad program. So we spent a lot of like time together. Like we would walk to class together like we would have lunch together like all of that stuff so we just spent a lot of time together I think especially like we both were kind of like those girls we weren't super independent like before coming to Japan so being in a foreign country we we're kind of scared to do a lot of things whereas other people especially the guys in the program were way more adventurous so we just kind of knew like if we decide to do something it would be in our comfort zone I guess which maybe defeats the purpose of being abroad but I just remember we would do a lot of things together and one morning I just wanted to walk to class by myself I was not mad at her like I wasn't it was nothing there was nothing about her like it wasn't a problem I just I just started to feel kind of suffocated it's like okay like I need my space I feel like I don't have enough alone time and I'm panicking. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to tell this person. So I remember like we were walking to class one morning and I wasn't talking. And then she finally asked me, she's like, I'm sorry, like, did I do something wrong? Like, are you mad at me? And I was like, no. And like, I couldn't really convince her that that wasn't the case, but I just want to be like, I'm just an introvert and I don't know how to do this much people all the time. Like, I feel like we're spending so much time. I just don't get my normal amount of time by myself that I'm used to. And at the time, like, I should have just said that, but I didn't even know how to put that into words. I was just like, no, it's not you. I promise. I'm just, I, I think I just literally said I'm tired. I didn't know how to like express it, but 
Yeah, I feel like we're that kind of person because we can have that energy sometimes in social settings. People don't realize that we're introverted and that we need that um, space. I literally I, had someone. Sorry, okay. I, was gonna, I literally had someone tell me that I'm not talking about you, Kirsten. This was a different person, but tell me they thought I couldn't. I was not really an introvert because I was conversational. And I'm like, but you don't understand. After this conversation, I'm going to need to go to bed. Not I just, love talking I when just I talk. That. But. Oh, I'm sorry. No, this is really, this is just a point. Uh, I don't think being conversational for all introverts is actually draining all the time. Mm-hmm. It depends. Like, for instance, if I'm one-on-one on one with somebody and just talk to them, that doesn't necessarily drain me. Yeah. Now, group like settings, me and my Uber driver. Yeah, like group settings of talking to people does because I feel like I have to, it's a little more than just speaking like you're more aware of the social setting and yeah. having to I operate I want to say something it. about that later. But just like if I know somebody and I'm just talking to them and it's just me and that person, like I don't yeah. necessarily lose a lot of energy from it. Yeah, I would say, well, I'll speak to that point. And then I had another thing that I want to say, wanted to say while Zoe was talking. But for me, I, I definitely wouldn't consider myself that conversational and I'm definitely me and Zoe talk about this a lot too because I think Zoe can sometimes not with everyone but she does enjoy a good debate um (laughs) just personality wise I'm not your person for a debate I don't enjoy it I don't like it I I just nothing about engaging in a debate is is that enjoyable to me but that's that's besides the point (laughs) um I would also say that um small talk so here's how I feel about small talk which is a lot of times what I feel I would be doing if I were to like be talking whether to my Uber driver or whatever. Um, It's more like this learned, like this is what you're supposed to say. And then, you know, you ask them about where they're from and then you guys do this. And it's just like, okay, I know we're supposed to be doing this, but I really don't want to right now. And so for that reason, it can be very draining. I really enjoy, like, I remember there's this one girl that I work with and I was working in retail and there's like a checklist we have to get done in the morning. And usually it's, it would be before the store opens. So it would be me and her doing it together. And if I was opening generally with someone else, I would always feel the need to like, oh, I know I'm supposed to talk to them in the morning or I'm supposed to ask them these questions like, oh, how was your weekend? Or what did you do last night? Or like, you just feel like obligated to do that. And it's so refreshing being around people, one who are also introverts and realize it's like, we can just be quiet and that does not mean we're mad at each other. We don't have to talk. We don't have to do the, again, the obligatory like questions. It's just, to me, that's very, it's very rare one, but also like when you do find that it's like, oh my God, I can finally just be myself. So there's that. But then I wanted to also mention that I think sometimes maybe these two um, concepts can get conflated. And I think that's why maybe a lot of people also may think Zoe is not introverted being spontaneous mm, Yeah, because I am absolutely not a spontaneous person. Um, but that doesn't mean that I, when I plan to be out and in, in doing the thing and like really enjoying myself, I'm going to do that. The problem is that for me, like a lot of those things are very planned. Like I'll be like on September 19th at from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. or whatever time, you know, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. I was just making that up from 6 p.m. to three in the morning. <laughs> no, but seriously, like I can plan. Oh, this is when I'm going to quote unquote, like let loose and really enjoy myself. And I also plan 
moments for me to recharge. So like if I'm with a group of people and they're like, oh, and we're already hanging out and they're like, oh, what are you guys doing tomorrow at this time? We should do this again. I'm always thinking like, but I, I plan to, we, I no <laughs> like to me, I don't like when stuff is just kind of sprung on me. And I won't say I never like that. There are moments where I can enjoy a good spontaneous moment, but it's definitely, definitely not natural to me and not something that I would like to make a habit. Like it's just, yeah, that's just how I am. Yeah. Jumping back to Kirsten's previous point, like I actually think, yes, I would definitely consider myself spontaneous, but I think the example that she brought up about like people being like, oh, like let's go. I'm actually not spontaneous on other people's like spontaneity clock. I am spontaneous like with myself and sometimes that happens to align with other people's spontaneity. So in those moments, like I'm okay with a spontaneous moment, but it's typically like when I've decided to be spontaneous, if that that makes sense, like I'll just like get a whim and be like, okay, I'm going to do this day. Like I don't necessarily have to plan out everything, but if someone comes to me and is like, you know what? It's almost even like this. Like even when some people like try to plan things too rigidly, I feel uncomfortable with what they're like putting on me of like, this is how I have to spend my day. Cause sometimes it's just like, sometimes you just got to ride out the vibe and see where like, see where the day takes you. Not all the time. Like there's obviously a place for planning, but I would like to counter that with, I just plan days to ride out the vibe. (laughs) I really do. There are some days like on this day, I won't have any plans. Like that is so funny. It's literally in my to do list right now. Because me and me, <laughs> me and Zoe are not planning people. Yeah. Zoe more well, Zoe is more spontaneous, I think, in the sense of like wanting to go do things. I just don't plan things, but I also don't do anything. <laughs> like if that makes any sense. Like I'm not just gonna spontaneously decide on a whim to go out or really. Um Actually, now that I think about it, if I do want to go out, I probably have thought about it in advance. It's not like a solid plan, like probably the way Kirsten would do it. But like if I wanted to go do something, I'm not just going to get up and go. Like I'm going to be like, hmm, I kind of want to go do this. I guess I'll go I'll go on Thursday or something like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's funny. I'm somewhere in between Zoe and Kirsten. Yeah, because I was going to say, you'll say I'll go on Thursday, but you also won't have an exact time that you're going. Yeah, and I'll be like an morning. exact time that you're getting back. Yeah, I'll be like, mm, sometime in the morning. And then if I'm too tired that morning, I'll sleep a little bit longer. Like, oh, we'll adjust. Couldn't be me. Because time is a construct and we were supposed be to be living <laughs> near the equator anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Melanie, Kevin on stage. But yeah, like, I love y'all um, this meme that's like, um, I was supposed to be on the shores of Africa picking berries and catching a vibe. Like, why are we anyway? But I would say like I feel like this opens like a bigger conversation for like neurodivergence in general because even for instance something we said earlier like read a room as it relates to some extroverts. I saw this TikTok and I was like I don't know I never really thought about it in that way but they were saying like the the phrase read a room is actually like really insensitive because some people literally don't have the ability to read a room like if you're you know say on the spectrum or you like have you know maybe like social anxiety and you're not able to like even focus like you're just kind of like inward or having you know you're dissociating or whatever like there's a lot of reasons someone might not have the ability to read a room and the automatic assumption shouldn't just be oh they're just a rude 
person. Maybe they just don't know how. But like I think in general, like our society needs to account for the fact that there is neurodivergence and like educate people on it. So there is more acceptance and understanding for different people and like what they bring to the table and what they offer. Because like we said, like extroverts are necessary. <laughs> like we, we're not trying to bash extroverts. They are necessary and they bring a lot of qualities to the table. It's just that introverts do as well. And there, it's really a spectrum because you have ambiverts it's not as like cookie cutter as like, oh, this is an introvert. This is an extrovert. And like, there's nothing in between. And then when you also have, um, I know we've all done like personality tests. Like, I think it's, is it the Myers-Briggs one? Yeah. Um, where obviously like you can be an introvert and you would have like your personality type would start with the I, but then there's so many other types of introverts mm-hmm. as well. I think I am an I think I'm an I. I don't forgot. Right, let CJ. me figure that. Out. I'm an you guys I. Talking, I'm going to figure out what something. I. Yeah. What I was, but the point is that all three of us are different types, types. of introverts. Um, I think the title for mine was logistician. Yeah. I believe. No, I'm an INFP, which is funny because I actually am too. But we're no, you're not. An INFP. You are not the mediator at all. <laughs> anyway, um, you don't trick the test somehow. <laughs> But I will say, like, there's actually been, because, like, for people who are aware of this, there's actually been a lot of controversies, not just surrounding Myers-Briggs, but a lot of these personality tests, because while they seem good in a lot of respects, or they can help us, like, kind of understand different aspects of ourselves, like, there have been a lot of, like, jobs, apparently, under the guise of being more progressive, that have used these tests and tools to find certain applicants, select applicants for jobs. Like, I watched this whole documentary about it. It was basically this guy, I want to say he was on the spectrum, but he was high functioning on the spectrum. And so whenever he would take these kind of like personality tests, he, he like he literally got responses from job applications, basically like you're you're not a good fit, this that, and the other. But he so consistently got that message. It, he was like, it, this has to be like this. They're not basing this on my skills. Like I haven't even shown them anything. I haven't even shown my ability to do the job, you're simply basing this on what you perceive my personality to be. Like, trust me, if I had had if I had had to take one of those for the job I currently do, they would not have given me the job. If they were looking for someone outgoing, someone who could sell, yeah. someone who could like r- talk to all this sort of stuff, not going to happen. But somehow, I do my job effectively and well yeah. without see, any of those traits. The problem is that almost every job. Like we talked about this in our uh, She Works Hard for the Money episode, but they have these like job title descriptions and like th- these qualifications that are so extrovert centered and center people who are neurotypical. And it's like, okay, what are people who are not neurotypical, who are not extroverts, what jobs are they supposed to get? There are just are not enough jobs that like highlight the fact that there are different ways to do a job different personalities like there are different metrics and things we should be focusing on that don't just center extroverted and neurotypical qualities absolutely totally agree and i just also looked up what my personality test results were for the myers-briggs um test and that was an istj so if any of you guys have taken this test or like geek out about stuff like that leave in the comments below on our Instagram, um, what personality you guys are. And if you guys are my personality, because that's pretty dope. I think ISTJs are amazing. I'm an INFP. I am the superior. We all know this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) That is a joke. 
but also not really. We keep the world going around. It, it's fine. Um, <laughs> and like the last thing that I want to say about this, it's very interesting. I'm thinking specifically about my job working at a music store. The way they would actually benefit so much if they actually hired more neurodivergent people. And I think specifically like the, I, I'm not sure if every, I'm, I know everyone on the spectrum is not like this, but that the studies and what they've talked about, a lot of traits of people who are on the spectrum, that they tend to actually know so much about very specific topics. Yes. So working at a music store, you would benefit so much from people if the thing that they knew was music, guitars, piano, they would have so much knowledge, but y'all wouldn't want to hire them and because- they be passionate. Yeah, very passionate and like talking to these people about it and probably be able to sell these things to them because of the knowledge that they have. But you wouldn't want to because you, you don't perceive them as outgoing enough, loud enough, that they couldn't take the environment. Well, guess what? Just turn the music down a little bit and turn the lights off. Like not at least not like the entire day. I'm for dimmer lights everywhere. Yeah, right. Like like you could because there's I mean, even as myself, there gets to a point. Saturdays are our most hectic days and we always play music the most on Saturdays, have the most lights on, the most stuff going on. And then there's more people. It's a music store. So people are playing music, testing stuff out. Chaos. People be bringing their kids to the store. It's a whole lot. You got children running around yelling, screaming, crying. All this sort of stuff. I'm overstimulated. I can't think. Like, I don't know if I said this before on the podcast, but there was literally a day I got so overstimulated. I stopped being able to hear. Like, I know I, I legitimately. Yeah, so like a medical issue. No, like, no, not, this is real. Not, not in the way that I physically, my ears weren't working, but mentally my brain had checked out. So I couldn't understand anything I was hearing. And I'm just like, the work environment doesn't have to be like this. The world doesn't have to be catered only to people who can handle all of this uh, stimuli. You have the capacity. You have the capacity. But yeah, that's the last thing I'll say on that. We interrupt our regularly scheduled programming to introduce a segment called There, I Said It, a portion of the podcast where one of us must bravely confess our potentially unpopular opinions to the world in an effort to get it off of our chest. In response, the other co-hosts will have the option to console, concur with, or confront their fellow co-hosts for their candor. This could get interesting. All right, guys, this is Zoe, and I have a lot to say this week. So I believe that diversity programs, assuming they were doing what they were supposed to do anyway, which they're not, and they're kind of a joke, but like, let's for a minute just like give the benefit of the doubt and assume diversity programs like are actually doing what they're supposed to do. I think those programs should also include neurodivergence and personality diversity. I, I don't think that's currently happening. Um, I would love to see more education in schools about neurodivergence and differences in personality and the differences between things like being shy versus being quiet, having social anxiety versus being an introvert. Like, I feel like those are important things for people to know and understand. We need people to understand things like Asperger's and even honestly, things that are more taboo, like sociopathy and uh, psychopath. Like, I don't think these are things that should only be taught in like high level psychology courses in college. Like, I think these are useful things for all humans to know and understand so we can interact and communicate with each other better and create spaces that are actually inclusive of people. Um, And I I will probably have 
Um, there I said it at some other point that talks about this, but I don't think all spaces need to be diverse, but there needs to be di spaces for diversity, if that makes sense. So yeah, I think there just needs to be more of a highlight on neurodivergence in the workplace. There needs to be more jobs created with neurodivergent people in mind, and they don't need to be afterthoughts. Like don't have a job that's literally created with a neurotypical in mind and then just be like, okay, but make it neurodivergent now. <laughs> like create jobs that actually play to the skill sets of people who are neurodivergent or people who are introverts because there are qualities that we bring to the table and there should be jobs created with those skill sets in mind so that we're not just left having to be fake extroverts and fake neurotypicals because honestly fake extra fake extroverts and fake neurotypicals are some of the meanest people I've ever met I don't like it. I don't like it because they're having to constantly play a role that they are not and it's exhausting and with that exhaustion comes so much irritability and so sometimes you have people who are clearly playing a role and it comes out in a lot of negative ways and so I feel like people shouldn't be forced to have to you know play the part of an extrovert or a neurotypical if they're not simply because our society is not inclusive of them. So there, I said it. I concur with. I also concur with. That was quick. <laughs> like <laughs> We all agree. Um, I also just want to, you reminded me of this. I just want to shout out all the writers out there. Um, and I say that because Honestly, not that you have to be introverted to be a writer, but as a as a writer myself, if you guys have listened to our previous episodes, especially I think the first one, um, I mentioned that I have a film and television degree, but also as a, an aspiring writer and director, directing is something that I still want to pursue and I, I love the idea of directing film, but something about writing, man, like both writing as a screenwriter, poetry, what have you, like it's such, I love, I feel like it was just made for introverts, man. Like I just be in my, at my desk, at a little coffee shop in a corner, like getting my entire life. And I think spaces like Zoe was saying for that cater to the skill sets of introverts um, is so important. And I just happen to think that writing is like such a beautiful one. Um, so yeah, shout out to all the writers out there. I think if people valued more of what we had to say and more of our thoughts as introverts, um, and even I think it kind of goes into being an artist. Like I think Zoe kind of mentioned this and are alluded to this when she talked about Summer Walker, but it's like to be an artist, I think those things have been so conflated with being a celebrity, which is such mm -hmm. a non-introverted yeah. mm -hmm thing it's like literally the opposite like being so put out there and on stage for everyone to see but a lot of times like being an artist is a way that people can burrow into their thoughts and feelings and not that you always have to be an introvert or always have to be alone to create art but it is a very uh, a safe place for a lot of people to do that and to be okay with just being themselves um, as an introvert so I, I really wish that that would be more celebrated and that artists um, we would create more spaces for artists to literally just be artists and not have to have their face on everything and I think another artist that um, kind of is similar in some way to that are like um, I feel like has those qualities is Bryson Tiller yes. you guys I, I used to I'm such a Bryson Tiller fan like growing up um, and I used to try to like watch interviews or like because if I, if I appreciate our like an artist or celebrity, like I usually watch like a lot of interviews of them. And I really, I was like, there is literally 
no interviews of him. And if he does them, they're never video interviews. He would only do like audio interviews. And even those were so few and far between. And I think, again, he's one of those people that it's like, yeah, I wanted to be an artist, but I didn't sign up to be a celebrity. And I don't want that because I don't like being front facing. And like a lot of things about being front facing make me very uncomfortable. And then as we're also talking about different types of introverts, I don't know if this person is an introvert, but in a similar way, she's very, very private. And this is someone we all know, Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's crazy because she's a beast on stage. But it's like, okay, but when I want to not be performative, I am very much not that type of person. I'm not like this out there. Beyonce, y'all know. Beyonce don't yeah. be in people's face and but like see, in the camera. that's why it's so important to understand like the different layers of like personality and neurodivergence and all these things. Because I watched this TED Talk and I can't remember the person's name who hosted the TED Talk, but they talked about how being on the TED Talk stage, they were not nervous. They felt very comfortable because they were prepared and they knew that the people who came there came there to hear what they had to say. But in a social setting, they might be a nervous wreck because it's like, wait, what am I supposed to do? What are the rules? Like, you know, some people who are neurodivergent, they find it hard to pick up on like social cues and things like that. But being a public speaker, you're expected to monologue, you're expected, people have come to hear what you have to say. The rules are very simple. There's not a ton of things to focus on. You just get to stand on stage and do what you're supposed to do. So people wouldn't understand. They're like, oh, you're on stage. You're so comfortable. Like, obviously you're outgoing, but then we go to the meet and greet and you seem like a completely different person. And I totally got that, but a lot of people don't understand those things. So for instance, Beyonce getting on stage and performing, she's practiced this. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's in control. She's in her element. And then suddenly, you know, she's having to present awards and she's nervous. <laughs> like people don't understand how wrong with that. it can be both. Yeah, You can be both. When and you it, say that, sorry, oh. it's just, it's funny because I understand that in that exact same way. But I also, I have said this so many times when I was growing up to my dad and he never understood it when You're it came down on him at this point, no, I love you dad. <laughs> I love you. Um, <laughs> when it came down to clothing, that was my thing. Cause he thought, like I said, I was a tomboy and I didn't generally wear dresses, things like that, or things that would be considered like f very feminine clothing or anything. And so he thought that I disliked those things and I just didn't like them in any sense. And I explained to him so many times, I don't dislike dresses, especially as I got older, like when I was in high school, especially like in college, I had no aversion to wearing dresses. I liked wearing them. But to me, I, I would say to him, I feel uncomfortable or it gives me anxiety to wear them in a setting where they're not required. Mm. So if we went to like when he would have his Christmas events and things like that, I would like enjoy getting dressed up. And feel like, because I'm like, it's a part of the assignment or whatever. Yeah, she understood the assignment. Like, if I were ever to go to, like, the Grammys or some sort of, like, really nice show, I would love to actually look really nice and get dressed up because that is an event where everyone is, like, told, make sure you look nice. But, like, if I'm going to school or something like that, not to say not to look nice, but in the sense of wearing a dress or a skirt, that makes me uncomfortable personally because I see that as, like, it's for a certain setting for me to like enjoy it and like it and like feel kind of like free in it yeah. in a sense. So I like I it, it just made me think of that when you're saying like that same way, like 
if you were going to something where you're supposed to speak and people are supposed to listen, you might not feel anxious. But if you're just like around people and you don't know if you're supposed to speak right. and if anyone cares if you're talking or if anyone's going to listen. So it's like, it's Can really I different. say something that is because like, I don't know if anyone else has ever thought of it this way, but you know, you're an introvert when being in a, a crowd or a lot of people or a group of people who are talking feels like double Dutch. Yeah. Like Jump when do I now? Do the thing. You know, when go, you're like trying to like, no. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's literally what it feels like. Yeah, it's like I don't know when I'm supposed to hop into this conversation, and then you think of something to say, and you're like, I'm gonna say it. I'm it gonna just, say it. I'm yeah, gonna say it. Keep and then switch, someone else ends up saying, the, yeah. and now it's too late, and you have to like find, find another. Else. And then by the time you find something else, they switch the subject. Yeah. That's also <laughs> why. I'm someone who wouldn't raise their hand in classes. I was to answer questions. thinking that. That's I'm like, exactly when do I, how it feels. do you do it immediately? Now, right. <laughs> do you like hold off, but then somebody else raise your hand and then you're like, I was going to say And then, then, and the then you're like, like great and then the point. teacher. No. Yeah, Y'all about raising hands. This is why I'm actually a proponent of raising hands because I think it makes it obvious like, okay, like you have something to say and I'll get to you after well, no. this person. But I'm not saying don't. Now in classes, when I, like people don't be raising hands at all. No, they just be talking. You just have to try to find That's a way why, to get in. Y'all, I grew well, so much in college because I took a lot of like political science classes because I minored in political science. And when I tell you, I already talked about how I don't like debating, but a lot of the classes would be such a free for all. Like I think this political policy and I'm just like, okay, I just wanted to come here to learn. I didn't ask for this. Like <laughs> it was so hard, like with all these men, like feeling like that their opinion mattered and like just first of all just being a woman in in general like it was so much to deal with and i'm like can we restructure this because like i have a great point this is not a safe space yeah literally i think that's actually why i was saying i had i struggled with raising my hands because there was still people who would raise their hand but it usually would get to a point where then people just kind of start riffing off each other basically and then it's like i'm going i'm not going to just talk so if people are just talking, it's like, you when do me. I raise my hand? Like to get my point. And it's just kind of weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And I think that moves directly into like our next point, which was like wanting introverts to have their own spaces and like that being a need we like in society, yes. especially when the pandemic happened There's, or is happening. The pa- um, yeah. That was, it's so interesting how that played out. And I think, obviously looking past the like not referring to anything having to do with the actual virus itself but literally more so just focusing on like the quarantine process I think that was such a telling experience but also um very positive for introverts again not referring to the virus but referring to the quarantine like for once we had the excuse to literally just like get to be to ourselves and not have to interact with so many people yeah um but it was also I saw firsthand how, intro- I mean, how extroverts that I knew were really struggling. Whiny. Like, check on your so, extrovert so friend. Yes. <laughs> just so whiny about everything. Like, sneaking out to do things. Like, just, it was like being around people was a drug for them. Like, yes. I mean, we've talked about coping in previous episodes, um, but that was clearly one of the ways in which they, they coped was being around people. Also, um, they, when you are forced to be with yourself, a lot of things usually come up that you were trying to that you do not want to deal with. But I think as an introvert, it finally gave me time to like process a lot of the experiences I had been going through in the past, honestly, at that point, the past couple of years, especially being in 
having been in a corporate workplace, like all the feelings and things that I had kind of had to numb myself to for a very long time, I was finally able to like grapple with those things. But I think the fact that I was an introvert did give me an upper hand, finally, child, like gave me an upper hand in that it allowed me to feel more comfortable with just like sitting with myself. Whereas other people, even family members that I knew, it was just like, they did not know what to do. Like they were either, you know what I noticed a lot? Like they would have to get on the phone a lot um, to talk to people. Like, cause that was one of the only ways you could really interact um, on social media. I'm like, I'm sorry, y'all. First of all, I don't be on Facebook anyway. I feel like at this Mm-mm. point it's dead, but some people are still really on Facebook. No, it's very much and well and alive, but it's unfortunate. The it's, people on there. Yeah. <laughs> the content on there. Every time I go on Facebook, I realize why, why I don't not go on Facebook. on Facebook. Yeah. So like, I still have a profile, but I have literally not touched that thing in like years, years. and don't intend to. I honestly only go on there around my birthday to make sure I say <laughs> yeah. thank you to anyone who wished me a happy birthday on I Facebook. Know. Let yeah. them know I'm alive. Right. I, Yeah. I'm not on there, but I, I'm brought up Facebook to say that, like, I just noticed the amount of like posts people were basically the amount of um, things people were posting now, like just trying to get engagement and like sharing opinions. No one cared about, like, it was just like, okay, you guys really do not know how to process your own thoughts or like you, you don't have to like, you don't have to constantly be interacting with people if it's coming if it's costing you self-improvement like I feel like low-key that's what it was doing it's just like it's easier for me to like I don't even yeah like I don't know how to describe it but it was just like y'all because they said there was like such an uptick in like depression and anxiety during the pandemic and I actually don't think that's true I think a lot of people realize they had depression and anxiety during the and pandemic. realized they didn't like their spouse. That Go listen to you. our dating Lord. episode um, for more opinions on that. I think that's a lot of times what it was. Like, they realized, I don't or like my kids. children. Not just that, their life. Yeah. Like, I think a lot like, of people were like, oh, these are the little monsters I'm sitting out into the world every day. Right. We got to do something about this family. Like, I think a lot of people realize, like, wow, I don't even like spending time with my my own children, my own spouse. Like, I we've like got to. I don't like myself. Yeah, yeah that's like, hard. I have no distractions. I can't go out with people. I can't go to bars. Like, what what I finna do? Like, other than be around these people? Like, it's crazy because I know there was so much bad going on during, the, like, so much sadness during the pandemic. Oh, but absolutely. it was honestly probably one of the best times I've had. And I feel bad saying that. <laughs> Oh, oh actually, clarify intro- that. Introverts, no, 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 I have to be no, no, no. honest. Introverts Look, were saying some out-of-pocket things on yeah. Twitter. I'm like, y'all, people are dying, dying out here. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about that. Introverts were having I'm just saying the time of their in lives. the sense of a quarantine, being able to literally not, like, not being capable of socializing. Like, I, I'm not going out. All you are doing is, like, being at home and being with yourself. It was fantastic. Like, I loved it. I was just like... I can, this is something I I can I enjoy. Like this. I can get used to just not having, I, not re- being required to go out. And I think even now, even though things have opened up a lot, I do think it's so nice to finally be able to be like, if people invite you out somewhere, I'd be like, oh guys, like I'm kind of laying low, like just because of the pandemic. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you can go out, but it's still like a viable like thing to say <laughs> to be like, yeah, I don't know. I just... Oh, that's a lot of people. I'm trying to stay safe. Like, really, they shouldn't be gathering like that anyway. They yeah, act like the virus is gone away. That's a whole nother. Talking story. about Delta and Omega and everything. Omega. 
they going down the whole and line. Alpha. They said Sigma Kappa Phi. I said, <laughs> I said okay. I'm um, a Lambda. <laughs> lambda Delta. <laughs> yeah, no, but like I, I think, yeah, during the quarantine, actually, it was, this was before I graduated. So I was still at home with my parents and my two younger siblings. And during that time, we actually, my mom was building, um, what do you call them? Her planners? Yeah. For but, the garden? Yeah. She, well, she was building a garden, but it was like. Um, raised beds. Yeah, raised beds. That's what it is. So she, we were building raised beds in the backyard and she was doing everything from scratch. So we were helping her do that. So we had to like dig out the back part of our yard to lay like sort of foundation for the raised bed. So like weeds don't grow in it. Like. It was a lot of hard work, a lot of moving, you know, dirt, sand, um, plotting things, whatever, whatever. And that's basically just what we did. Like, and it was awesome. Like, you went inside. I was still in school, but everything was online. So it wasn't, and I had a a really easy, it was my final semester. I had really easy classes I was taking. And it was just, like, wonderful. Like, it just, it felt like this is what life is supposed to be more of. Yeah. Yeah. My anxiety was way down. I was just enjoying, like, I got to spend more time with my parents, like, speaking to them, talking, like, to my siblings, things like that. Like, there was just very little stress. It was just more... Less distraction. Yeah, less distraction. Like, I got to enjoy life. I got to be with myself. I got to wind down. I had, like, I got to be able to, like... Also, it gave me more of a respect and... This like respecting the side of me that does like being around people. Yeah, I feel like that was the other thing because as introverts, you're always forced sort of to mm. be around people, so you almost start to like have despise an unhealthy it. yeah a, like despise it in some way, and so like being away from people for so long and like not being able to it made me realize like there is a part of me that really enjoys people, and I want that part to not be a requirement, but something you can willingly do. As something you just like and enjoy, because there's something special, yeah, something special about socializing and sharing with people and being around people, and I think that's a wonderful thing. But when you're just forced to do it all the time, it's just like I can't stand people. I think like what you're describing is literally how I feel, in that I love organic, like interactions with people. I love, like I think when I find this most is when everyone is kind of forced to take pause. And like, I'm trying to think of an example, like two, two things that come to mind is I remember there was one time I was trying to not be on my phone all the time because I realized like there was this class I had and we'd have to wait for the teacher to come unlock the classroom. And so everyone would be sitting outside of the classroom, but everyone would be on their phones and only the people who were kind of in clicks already, who are already friends would talk to each other. Like we would never like, and since I'm already kind of like introverted and quiet, like I didn't feel comfortable, like kind of jumping into their conversation. So I remember I would just pretend to be on my phone, like pretend I was occupied. And so when I told myself like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. Like I'm not going to like be on my phone in these situations. I remember there was this one other girl. She was actually an exchange student from Brazil, I want to say. And I don't know if she didn't have, I assume she had a phone, but she would never be on her phone. And we actually ended up having like this really cool organic conversation at the time I was studying Spanish and she was fluent in Portuguese so we started like talking to each other to see how much the other would like understand because they're kind of the languages are kind of similar so I don't know it was really cool and that like wouldn't have happened otherwise and then the other example is like for those of us who live in and around the Gulf Coast um, hurricanes (laughs) 
Like whenever, like especially those of us who don't have generators and can't, you know, generate power after like a power goes out, like that time, like with your family, when no one can be doing anything else but just like playing games with each other and just literally and hot and and, hot, you know, <laughs> and just spending time. Like I'll never forget that time. Like Da like went out and barbecued all of our oh, food because so it wouldn't go bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and like we just all spent time together. And the played, hurricane like, was life. still going on. Like it was raining really bad. Yeah, we were it in the garage up. though. No, no. He was in the back girl. First of all, you never grill in a garage. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we maybe we're thinking we're in the two different times then. How Dad be did grilling it. in the garage. We have the garage open, and he because it was raining still, so he has. The yeah, grill. we're thinking of two different times because yeah, for this are. one, he was in the backyard under the yeah. um, thing. But in those times, like when you finally come out of your house after the hurricane's over, and all your neighbors are sitting out on their porch because it's just too hot outside, and everyone kind of starts talking because they have to because there's literally nothing else to do. There's no internet. There's no phone service. There's no TV. You might have a battery operated radio, or you just go help. Or you Pick go help tree, people clean up the, after the hurricane. The like that, yeah. that those moments are the most sense of community. Or like I imagine, like this must be what it used to be like. Anytime that happens, and I feel like introverts appreciate that kind of interaction far more than like kind of this forced contrived one where we all go out and it's a party and there's all these strangers and we don't know each other and we don't have it. I don't know. Like I'm not sure if that's making sense, but those kind of organic interactions are what I love. All right, guys. So all of that being said, it is time for our next segment, which is get a clue. In this segment, one of us will talk about an issue that we have either dealt with in the past or one that is currently ailing us, then share some advice on how we can overcome it. Today, Karis will be sharing with us. Karis, take it away. All right, y'all. So I am going to talk about something um, I personally experienced and dealt with in college. So this is basically advice to my younger self so if I could go back in time and hear this that would be fantastic um but for anyone specifically even in high school but um especially even college when you probably you get to the campus and you don't know as many people and you know there's all these college events that go on and groups that you can join all this sort of stuff so my first two years I really didn't participate in anything due to like having really bad social anxiety And then even like my junior year, I was still struggling with it, but I would force myself to go to these things because I thought this is what you're supposed to do. And most of the time it didn't turn out well. I would go, I wouldn't really participate. And then I would cry in my car afterwards and just feel like I can't, I don't function like other people and I'm never going to be able to like have friends or be able to be in social settings. And I just, that's just not going to be part of my life. So for anybody who feels that way, I would encourage you and some advice would be to don't put so much pressure on yourself to unorganically form these things. Like don't force yourself to go to events if you really don't feel comfortable. Don't force yourself to participate in groups you're actually not that interested in, but you feel like I'm not going to I'm going to be alone if I don't. All right. Don't second guess the natural relationships that start to form because I think that's the other thing that happens as introverted people or as people who have social anxiety specifically. You might actually start to form a good relationship with somebody, a friendship based upon shared interest and things that y'all like and stuff like that. But then you start second guessing if that's even real or if people are just kind of performing or kind of like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of times we have this mindset that people are almost like putting up with you or pitying you in some way. 
Um, so they're just entertaining you for that moment, not out of like a mean spirit, but out of just like they feel sorry for you. And I think a lot of the time when you're introverted and have social anxiety, you have that thought process of yourself because you feel like you're not really worth the time or you, you wouldn't be a good friend. Um, so I would encourage anyone to completely take that out of your head, work on yourself, work on yourself being comfortable, figuring out what it what it is that you actually enjoy and are comfortable with. And then trust me, in those spaces, you will find people because there are people who are just like you who feel that way. You go to college, no matter what group of people you are, what person you see, there are groups of people like them that they hang out with. And you're just like, that's I'm nothing like them, but they have a group. And then these people over here have people that they found like it is possible and it'll happen. So just don't force yourself. Don't put your, yourself into positions where it's giving you more anxiety or you're having to cry in your car afterwards or anything like that. And then don't second guess the relationships that naturally form just through the spaces that you're already in because it's possible and you can't have friends and you can't have a group of people even if that group is just two people it's just a trio maybe it's just one person that you are really good friends with that is perfectly fine you don't have to have the stereotypical clique of people like that you've been with since high school or something like that also friendships go away and new friendships come not because y'all had falling outs but just seasons of life change and it happens so just uh take your time don't stress out about it and just find what makes you feel confident in the way you socialize Absolutely. i just want to add to that we all should be reminded that there's no crying in the club so if you feel like that's not something you can do um don't go to the club that's literally me every time I in, i'm in an environment that's both enclosed and there's loud music I automatically start to tear up. Not even like what? No, I, like <laughs> so literally. It's like it's a condition. I do, and it's not crying. I tear up. No, like, like I just. You go to the I think it's like, my anxiety. Like, it's crying, peak. crying in the club syndrome is what you have. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I think it's just my anxiety peaking, and it just starts to like I just form like just this little well of tears right here if the music's too loud in an enclosed space. Like it doesn't happen if it's like at an outdoor festival or something where there's loud music. I think it's literally the feeling of just being, and there's like a lot of people. There's like, I just am overwhelmed. You learn something new about someone every day, I guess. I did not know you, you uh, had that syndrome, but that's good to know for future reference. <laughs> um, but on that note, guys, um, we just want to thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of All the Calamity. Um, we really enjoyed this episode and I feel like we all got something off of our chest. If you guys want to interact with us, definitely go check out our Instagram. That is at all the calamity. And if you do want like sneak peeks or previews of our next episode, um, then definitely be sure to check us out. Also leave comments. Let us know how you felt about this episode, what your thoughts are, how you identify. Are you extroverted? Are you introverted? Where do you fall on the spectrum? And what do you think about some of the points we made today? Um, so we'd really appreciate that. But yeah, it's been great. Until next time, guys, stay safe as always. And we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.